Pronunciation Pro. Hello again. Today our topic is Your Voice Matters, You Matter. And before we get into this topic and kind of diving into that idea, I want to first bring up a pronunciation rule or an American English pronunciation rule that you may or may not be aware of, but as I bring your attention to this today, I want you to kind of listen for it as we continue on in the conversation so that you are tuning your ear to these different rules or ideas of American English pronunciation. I have the belief system that when you just take small, consistent action towards a bigger goal or or a result you want in your life, it's way more effective than dedicating hours and weeks and months to a specific goal just to get to that goal or that end result faster. So especially when it comes to English language development, This is a lifelong process. You're going to be growing and learning in your English skills for the rest of your life. So I know it's very common to want to be thinking, well, I want my English to sound like a native in five months or in six months or whatever it is that you have your mindset to accomplish that goal. Um, But the reality is, is that even if you jump in and work hard really strong for a short amount of time, you're still going to need to continue that learning process in the months and years to come. So you might as well develop a system where you are doing small, consistent actions daily that will lead to really creating this full, rich language um, learning over a long period of time. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to explain one small rule of American English pronunciation and then we're going to work to apply it because I don't know about you, but (laughs) there is a tendency to consume a lot of information, to watch a lot of training videos or read a lot of books thinking that we're learning and we're growing a lot because we consume a lot. But learning and growing and especially changing really has to do with Okay, you're learning something, but are you applying it in your life? Are you putting it into practice into your life so that your life is changing and that you're changing in a way that reflects the learning that you're doing? So for me, it's let's take a very small concept. Let's really kind of play around with it and apply it and listen for it and get a really good feel for it and learn that concept to the point where it's part of you, and then we'll take another concept and do the same thing. But it takes a little bit of time. It takes more time to do it that way, but it's a different mindset in the learning process. So I hope you'll kind of jump on board with me in that that I that idea of lifelong learning, that we're here to grow and improve, and it, we're not in a race to get there, but you'll be more effective and you'll make greater progress as you take this mindset of just being 1% better every day. Just a little bit better, add one 
vocabulary word, you know, a day. And over time, the collection that you're going to get is going to be enormous. You're going to have this great vocabulary if you just take one word a day and apply it and practice it and and put it into your life versus I'm going to learn 10 vocabulary a day, but there's no practical way to actually put that into practice. So before we get into the specific rule for today, I want to just bring to your attention this concept that it's so important to develop our listening skills when it comes to learning the American accent, learning pronunciation in English. Um, We have to rely more heavily on our listening than the visual cues that we have. So I have a saying in my program that says, it's not how it's spelled, it's how it sounds. So as English language learners, when you learn a language as an adult, it's very text heavy. So you are learning by, by reading and you read the words or you read the, about the language first and then you start speaking it. Kids do the opposite. When a child is learning to speak, they hear it auditorily, so they're hearing they're hearing it first before they ever learn how to read it. And what that does is it develops more of the listening skills or tunes their ears to the sounds and how the language is communicated verbally than it is written. So that's the challenge of learning a language as an adult is that we get very heavy on what its spelling is and not enough on the the verbal part. What are you hearing from people versus what is written? And English is kind of the worst about this, is that our spelling is not often um, the way it's pronounced. So we really do have to rely very, very strongly on our listening skills. So that's what's so great about you listening to this podcast right now is that you're relying on your listening skills and you're not seeing anything visually. Even on a video, sometimes you turn on the captions or there's visual um, representation of the words that you're learning. Um, That is giving you more of that visual piece, whereas with a podcast, you simply have to listen. And I love that concept. When you just listen and you're learning through that listening, you are strengthening your listening skills in a very, very powerful way. So enough about that. Let's move on to the specific rule we are talking about today. So we're going to talk about the tapped T rule or the flapped T rule is what it's commonly referred to as. In my graduate program um, in speech pathology, I learned it as a tapped T. So we referred to it as a tapped T. In kind of the English language world, I've noticed now it's it's more flapped T. So it's the exact same thing. But basically what it is, it's a reduction that has happened for native English speakers where when there's a T in a word and it's surrounded by vowels, then instead of having a t t t pronunciation, we get a voiced d d d pronunciation. Okay, for example, words like matter or beautiful, writer, waiting, butter, okay? 
So madder, da, 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 da. And the other part of this rule is that it's if it's the T is surrounded by vowels, it's pronounced as D, and those vowels also include R vowels. So like the word matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, E-R is an R vowel. So that will would qualify this as um, part of that rule, okay? So madder, instead of matter, matter, or butter, butter, butter. So instead of saying that t, -t, -t sound, we're getting a D sound. Madder, butter, okay? This is a big difference between British English and American English. British English, they're going to pronounce the T's. They don't do this tap T rule they will actually pronounce the T as a true T sound, whereas American English, we're gonna get that D sound. Okay, so again, the examples are matter, butter, beautiful, writer, and waiting. Now this happens between words too, so when a T is surrounded by vowels, and it's the T is maybe at the end of a word, or the beginning of another word, and it's still in connected speech, surrounded by vowels, you're still going to get that tap T rule. So, what is, what is your name? Get on, get on the bike, get on. So instead of get on, get on, get on, get on. Instead of what is, what is, what is. Okay, so it's, Really, the, the reason why we do the tap T is it's just easier and it flows faster in the mouth. And that's how, you know, it basically came to be is it's just a reduction because it's easier to say in the mouth. All right. Um, there are some exceptions to this rule. And those are that if the T begins a stressed syllable in the word, then it's going to get a... Uh, full T pronunciation. For example, vegetarian, vegetarian. So tarian is a stressed syllable, so it's going to get that T sound. Entertainment, entertainment. Has tain has that T sound. Okay. The the other exceptions are in the the suffix terry, like secretary. Cemetery in the suffix tude, so attitude, gratitude, and tate, hesitate, annotate. All right, so that's the rule that we're going to kind of be listening for. Um, this topic, your voice matters, you matter. Anytime I say matter, I'm using that tap T rule. So let's just kind of jump into this concept that I feel very, very deeply about. Um, is your voice. When we really think about our voice in the world, what does that bring up for you? Do you feel like you have a voice? Now, when you're learning English as a second language, you, you may feel like you have a voice in your native tongue, but when it comes to speaking English, you might feel like, I don't really have a voice because my communication skills are not as good as they want, my confidence in speaking English is not as good as I want it to be, and we feel that. When we don't feel like we have a voice, um, it's, a, it's a very basic human need for us to be understood. 
That's why, you know, in my tagline, be understood, be confident, that be understood is so important in our human experience, to be understood by people, to feel like we have a voice and a say, that our voice matters, okay? That is a very core need as humans. And I feel like when, you know, something that I've recognized in my students is that when that core need is not being met, because of the English skills, there is pain associated with that. There is um, a real wound that happens when you don't have that voice. And so this work of finding your voice and strengthening your voice in English is not just a good skill to have, it's a core need um, that is being met when you when you really, um, improve your English to a point that you feel like, yes, I'm being understood. People are hearing me. I have a voice. Um, when we feel like our voice doesn't matter or that we're being silenced in some way, it's incredibly wounding and incredibly painful. And that, that wound or that pain needs to be healed. Um, and I believe that as we do this work in building confidence and building ourselves up and our voice up, that wound can really be healed. Um, just going back to the beginning of when I started um, working with accent training clients, I really enjoyed the work. I really enjoyed the people I was working for, but it was a process of a, several really important experiences that I had at that time that helped me really develop that deep purpose in helping you find your voice. Um, I was actually watching a movie, this is probably 13 years ago, I was watching the movie The Help. Um, and it's about this writer, and again, anytime I say writer, that's a tap T, so writer. So it was about this writer who lived in the 1960s, so that's when this, this movie was set in the 1960s in Jackson, Mississippi, here in the United States. And basically this writer um, lived in the heart of where African-Americans were not treated equally. It's the 50s, 1950s and 1960s in the United States is when the civil rights mo movement was happening, where there was a big push to get black people to have equal rights. Um, that their schools were not segregated or separated, but that they were trying to integrate the schools and um, give those equal rights to to everyone. And so this movie was set in that time period. And this writer, what she was recognizing is that there were these women who were um, nannies or maids of the white people, so these black women who were nannies, maids of these white people, and they were just not getting treated very fairly. And they didn't really have a voice. They couldn't speak up for themselves. They had to really keep quiet about things that were just not right, not okay. And this writer, what she did is she started recording these women's stories. She started asking them questions about what it is to be black in the United States in the 1960s and what it feels like and what experiences they're having. And she essentially gives these women a voice and puts it into a book. 
and gets that book out for people to read. The powerful part about this book is just how much that mattered to these women to have their voice heard, to be able to be understood or even just have that outlet for their stories to be told. Now, I remember watching this video and for whatever reason, I believe divine intervention, it struck me so powerfully And even today, I can't watch that movie without bawling my eyes out or crying really hard because it just, it it was God's way of showing me that I needed to help others find their voice, that that was an important part of what I needed to do in my work. So I had already been kind of working in accent training and pronunciation and fluency training at the time. And I was loving what I'm doing, but this moment in my life is what created that depth for me to recognize, hey, this is so much more than a job. This is a purpose. This is an important work for me to do um, in the world is to be able to help my clients, my students, to be able to strengthen their English skills and strengthen that confidence in their English skills so that they can go on to use their voice in a more powerful way, that they will be able to speak up, that they will be able to um, be understood by people and be able to share their stories and experiences. So this is where I'm coming from. It's just an incredibly deep love for you Um, and just a plea to you to do this work and get your voice out into the world. We need your voice. We need you. There really is no one in the world like you individually. Um, You have very unique backgrounds and a very unique experience. Your perspective is going to be different than anyone else. You have different opinions and ideas. And you see the world different than anyone else. We need your voice as part of the conversation. You know, we really need that perspective because it's going to be unique. You're going to have expertise. You're going to have perspective that other people aren't going to have because no one has had the same experiences as you. And I just want you to really take that to heart and think about that, about how important it is for your voice to be heard for your voice to be part of the conversation. Now, there's so much that you're bringing to the table in terms of your ambition, your determination, your grit, the way that you have overcome such hard things and you keep getting up over and over and over again after you've maybe fallen on your face or failed in certain ways, the way that you get back up and you keep trying and you keep working. Those qualities are incredible. And it's those qualities, that determination, that is going to lead you to do incredible things in your life and in the world. And if at this point, the barrier between you and what you need to accomplish in this world is that you need to find your voice and you need to strengthen your voice, then I want to help. I want to be that mentor or that teacher, that that person for you that can help you get over that barrier and onto the things that really need to be done in your life. I think of it as, you know, I'm a Christian, so looking in the scriptures, the the in the scriptures, 
who talk about being the body of Christ and that every every person has a different role or a function in the body of Christ. Um, so I like that visual because it, it, it helps us think of, okay, so we have this the body of just our world. You know, let's just think about our world in general, general as a body. And each person is a different part of the body. Each person has its different role or function. So we've got the lips and the tongue. We've got the heart. We've got ribs. We've, we have the liver. We have fingernails and skin. Um, we have veins. We have all these different parts that are all important in the whole of the body, that we really can't live well without each part of that body. And I like thinking about this in terms of our voices. Each person has their own voice to contribute to the whole. And when someone stays silent, say you're not speaking up or you're staying silent, we're missing an important piece of the this body um, that we need everyone and everyone's voices to become whole. I also like thinking of it in terms of a box of crayons. I have five little boys at home and so coloring and crayons is is a common thing. And I look at that box of crayons and you know sometimes we work with a small box of crayons that has maybe eight different colors and it's good. We can make some really good drawings with those eight colors. It's fine. But then you get the big box of crayons and you worth all the different shades and colors and there's so much more that you can do with all of those colors. It creates a much better masterpiece when we can color something and have all the options of all the colors. So I think of that in terms of your voices again, is that when we have more voices that bring in a different shade and a different color, if you will, to the conversation, the masterpiece or the artwork is more dynamic, it's more full, it's more rich. It has a, a greater design and purpose to it. Those are kind of the visuals that I think of when I, when I think of bringing your voice to the table is that we need all of the voices. We need everyone contributing so that we can create more and more good in this world. So that's the good I feel like I can do in the world is helping you develop your voice to go on and do the good that you can do in the world because you have a specific expertise and interests in whatever industry you're doing or within your family or within your community that only you can do. And by strengthening you, then you go out and strengthen your world and your community and your circle of influence and there's such power in that. Now I want to give you just a couple of examples of students that I've worked with who have really started speaking up because of the coaching and the training that I've given them within my program. So such a big part of my program is the confidence coaching. Yes, we definitely need to improve pronunciation and fluency so that people understand the words that you're saying. But this other piece of confidence coaching is in my opinion, even more important because a lot of times our students have, their English skills are good enough, but what's limiting them is more the confidence to speak up and use their voice and use their communication skills um, because they're feeling like, oh, it's not good enough when really it actually is good enough to join the conversation and to speak up. 
So one example, I'll call her Maria. Um, but one example of a woman that I've worked with, you know, I started doing confidence coaching with her. We were going through a lot of the tools and skills that I teach. And she landed on this thought that I will not stay silent anymore. She felt very strong that, hey, it's time for me to speak up. I will not stay silent anymore. And this created a feeling of confidence and determination inside of her. And what happened is she started speaking up more. So she had been staying pretty silent in her work setting. She wasn't voicing her thoughts or concerns about projects that she was given. And she was often assigned tasks that she knew wouldn't work the way that her team was presenting them to her. But instead of speaking up about it, she instead just worked extra hours, just solving the problem, and then offering the solution to her manager as she's figured it out her own way. In doing this, her work was very invisible. Nobody was really seeing all the extra that she was doing to compensate for the dysfunction of the team or the team not really understanding the projects like they needed to because she wasn't expressing the concern she had with the project. So by staying quiet, she was supporting a broken system and allowing others to get credit for her work. So she really decided, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. When she was given then another task that she knew wasn't going to work the way that the team thought it was going to work, she spoke up, okay? She voiced her concerns and she worked with her team to come up with a different solution that she knew would then work. And then she went and did her part without having to do all of the extra hours and time and everything that she was doing before. The thing that happened with this situation is the team really resisted this change. They didn't like that she was speaking up. You know, they didn't like that she was bringing her concerns to the table. They were like, wait, this was working for us before. We would assign you the task, you'd go take care of it, and it was fine. But now you're, you're speaking up saying, no, this isn't gonna work the way that you think it's going to work. Let's come to a solution before I start doing my part. So the team was really, they were used to this broken system of communication where Maria stayed quiet, just took care of things under the table. That's a saying kind of under the table where she does it on her own time without um, it, people really seeing what's happening. And they didn't like her, you know, what we say, rocking the boat or causing causing problems or changing the way that they did things. They liked the way things were. It worked for them, but it didn't work for Maria. They didn't like the way that she was pushing back. It made them uncomfortable and really exposed some problems in their system that they got a little defensive about, okay? But Maria, she stayed firm, okay? She had a lot of built-up resentment and frustration about the extra work she had been doing that went unnoticed, but she kept her control. That's what I was so impressed with, is she really kept that emotional reaction under control. And to the point that one of her managers even started yelling at her at one point, because they were mad. They did not like that she was kind of speaking up and there was resistance there. And I was so proud of Maria because she kept her composure. And in that moment when she was getting yelled at and her ma manager then caught herself and had to apologize for you know getting emotional about this situation. 
And eventually, they came to a solution altogether. Maria did her part, and then they got the task done while also adjusting the system they used to kind of assign and complete those tasks. So in Maria speaking up, she really was able to help the whole team identify, hey, we have systems that are not working that need to be cleaned up. And then they were able to solve for that problem. Whereas before, when Maria wasn't speaking up and just doing the work on her own, both of them were suffering because Maria was doing extra work that was going unnoticed and the team was continuing to work in this broken system and the problem, the bigger problem wasn't getting solved. So great things to learn from this situation. Um, and I'm gonna identify kind of three main things. The first is it's uncomfortable to speak up. It really does take courage but because you feel nervous, you feel fear and you don't know the reaction that's gonna come from other people. It might not be great. And that's something that you have to be okay with is that when you speak up, it's going to maybe make other people uncomfortable. But as Maria kind of exercised that 20 minutes of insane courage um, and she just spoke up and she did it over and over again, she got more comfortable with it and she was able to get into a place where it didn't require so much courage. It became more and more natural for her. Okay, so it can, it starts out uncomfortable, but the more you practice, the easier it will be, okay? So the second idea here is that it is uncomfortable for others when you start to speak up, or it can be at times. So people might be used to you being in the background and you're changing the rules of how, you know, the dynamics in your world, in your work, in your, you know, in whatever situation you're in, you're changing the rules or changing how things are, are being done. And most people don't love this kind of change. Um, so be prepared for a little pushback and defensiveness from people. Um, it might, you know, you speaking up might make them feel uncomfortable or threatened in a way or defensive in a way. And that's okay. That's their, that's something they need to deal with. That's not up to you to manage. Okay, so she had to separate herself from others and not care so much about what they thought. She knew that she what she was doing was right. She knew she had to speak up and address the problems that were happening no matter what the reaction was. This is acting in, in integrity. To do what's right even though it's hard to do. And that's when you have the greatest peace within yourself is when you're acting in your truth or in your integrity. The third thing is do your best to manage your emotions through your communication. So you might have some built up resentment or frustration that you haven't expressed because you have been staying quiet and there's that pain and that wounding that happens when you're not understood or when people aren't hearing you. So to be able to kind of keep calm and firm in those situations and not emotionally react or be reactive to others takes a lot of strength and it's very impressive. But I think that that's where you're going to really get the most um, results from speaking up is when you can kind of keep that calm and firm stance. 
Just practice expressing yourself in a way that is respectful to others. And that's something that I've recognized with my students in my program, the Pronunciation Pro online training program, is just the way that my students handle themselves emotionally. I know there's been so much pain and hurt and heartbreak, um, but the respect that you have for other people has just been such a beautiful example to me. So staying silent really had some very negative effects, both for Maria and her company. Okay, so first of all, she was invisible in our work. She was solving problems for a company that they had no idea were even of a problem. So she was going unnoticed in her work and therefore was not getting the credit and the compensation. She wasn't getting paid for this extra work that she really deserved. Okay, so it was really hurting Maria in, in this way and that's something that needs to be corrected, okay? The other problem is her team had problems in their system and she was helping them cover them up. So the team wasn't growing and improving because they weren't aware that there was a problem. You know, Maria was helping to facilitate this problem. She was supporting this problem because she wasn't expressing her insight and her opinions in the way that she saw the assignments that were given. She was part of the problem. So she took responsibility for her part and decided, hey, I'm going to change the way that I show up in this situation. And it's also going to help clean up the dysfunction that's happening in the company. Okay. And we see this a lot in relationships. It's, it often really just takes one person to change the whole dynamic of that relationship. So once Maria was no longer willing to play the game the way it had been played, it forced others to change the way that they played the game or the way they did things. And she didn't have to be mean about it, and she wasn't mean about it. She simply had to step into her power and express herself and her ideas and keep pushing on that or pushing on things that she knew needed to be different. Okay, This is just one situation and maybe you can pull out similarities in your specific life in your specific situation but i guarantee that by if you have the problem of staying quiet when you really know you should be speaking up and sharing your thoughts and ideas it's not only hurting you but it's hurting everyone else around you so if it's more motivating to think of it that way to be like i need to help those around me <laughs> and myself by speaking up then great, okay? And just bringing it back to Maria is that, you know, she landed on this thought of, I will not stay silent anymore. You know, it's time for me to take my power back and to take my place and use my voice. And that's a decision she had to make on her own. I'm so proud of her. In closing, I just want to emphasize the fact that your voice matters. You matter. The perspective, the expertise, what you bring to the table, what you bring to the world is unique. And I want your voice to be added to the conversation in, in all the variety of ways that you have in your life. When you bring your voice to the conversation, when you bring your voice to the world, we all benefit. And I hope that that really resonates for you today because by speaking up, you're helping all of us. All right, have a good one. Your voice is important and needs to be heard. 
If you're ready to speak English clearly and with greater confidence, I invite you to join me at pronunciationpro.com. Thank you.